Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into Living Off the Land. This is episode 213. Lucky 213, as it were. And we are coming to you from our palatial LOTL studios. And I am your host, Dan, along with my co-host, Stephen. Stephen, how are we? Oh, it's hot in the city tonight. It's Boy, uh, is it ever. beach Holy weather, smokes. and uh, we're, that's going to be a little bit of a theme here for B-Can here in a little bit. But... Uh, First up, of course, the beer of the week. Yeah, it is. Before we get to the beer, boy, it's hot. Yes. You know what was it like? Not even like like a week ago, a week and a half ago, we were complaining about the fact that it was still like in the 40s and 50s in May. Might have been more like two or three weeks ago, but yeah, it. Uh, that's well, the May way. Certainly it, went out with a that's, bang. That's today. the way it usually happens. You know, the Lake Erie's water temperature keeps our weather artificially cold longer than it should and then eventually yep. the solar energy just you know overwhelms it and when that happens we flip the switch we go from cold to hot and we are hot right now and of course i'm supposed to get a new driveway poured tomorrow and that's not going to happen because it's going to rain really oh yeah it's like an 80 percent chance of rain tomorrow that is a change in the forecast from a couple of days ago because they were not calling for any rain <laughs> this week at all until well they are wow. now yeah uh the next two days does this mean I'm not playing golf on Thursday this week? Son of a... <laughs> well, we actually played it in the rain kind of one of the weeks during the preseason. This was the first week in May. That was on Cinco de Mayo, actually. It was like a consistent drizzle the whole time we were out there. So we just you know played through it. But Wednesday, eh. thunderstorms likely. A few storms may be severe. High 84. Chance of rain 80%. Yeah, I'm not getting a driveway. So you're going to be waiting until Friday to get a driveway. Yep, I am. already got the patio, thankfully. That was last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, driveway is next. So, All right, well, anyway, let's get into it. Beer of the Week, and you mentioned it uh, with the uh, warm, summery vibes that are going to be on this episode. Uh, I've got, a int- for me, an interesting beer, because this would not be uh, something that I would normally uh, bring to the table, but... It actually seemed pretty interesting. So, I have not tried this yet. This comes from our friends at Platform Beer Company. And it is a session sour ale with natural flavors. Notes of tropical punch, tangy, and it's crushable. This is called hmm. Bree- Breezy. I imagine one of those things on the wall that you just like pull down and you crush the can when you said that. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think... What they're getting at is you can crush these, a.k.a. drink a lot of them. Mm. So here we go. Here we go. Hopefully it's not like water. That's actually pretty good. Hmm. It's a session sour, so it's not like crazy sour. It's not like it's not like popping a warhead or a sour patch kid. But uh, it definitely has uh, some sour tang to it, that's for sure. Uh, I get the... I'm not really getting tropical punch on this. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the flavor on it. It definitely is tangy. It is sour. If you're a fan of sours, you will like this, uh, even though it is a session. Um, that's a, this is actually very good. I really, I'm really enjoying this. 
I love the can. It's got the waves on it. Uh, more of that water summer vibe. It's got a, a very a light blue with a dark blue and a yellow. So very nice uh, colorway on the can. And uh, as uh, as we're talking about it, and I, I would definitely um, get this again. Um, I wonder if they have it at, at their sour bar, Funkin' Ship. I would imagine that they would, but... Uh, let me just try to look up the reviews on Untapped for Breezy. It uh, has a 3.65 out of 5 rating, uh, 487 ratings. Uh, let's see what they say about it. Oop, 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 oop. So, Breezy drinks just as it sounds. Cool, crisp, and easy. Pineapple, passion fruit, and mango create a... Okay, I, I get the tropical punch now. When I, when I said Tropical Punch, I was thinking, like, you know, High C or something like that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not that. Uh, create a Tropical Punch taste that resembles the ideal poolside cocktail. All parts crushable, as Steve's, as Steve so aptly pointed out, including the can, but we encourage recycling around here. With a sharpness that comes from the all-natural puree edition and sparkling rose like sparkling rose like rosé-like crispness. Super sessionable and ready for anything, just like us. So, uh, like I said, it's got a, it's got a uh, 3.65. It's a pretty decent rating um, out of 5. Uh, here on LOTL, we go with the scale out of 10. So, I'm going to... You know, I think I'm going to go along the same lines here. I think I'm going to give this... A 7.1. 7.1. 1. 7.1. <clears throat> now, for my scale, if you're in the 8s, you're one of the best beers. It's outstanding. Ever. It's outstanding. Yes. This is this is very good. It's in the 7s. So, like, an 8 good. to you is not a B. That's... No. Okay. No. 8 is, <laughs> like... Yeah, eight's, eight's very good. Top of the top. I mean, if you get in the 9s, you're one of the best beers I've ever had. 9? Nine? 9. Uh, but this is a very solid 7.1. I like this a lot. Um, and I don't usually like uh, sours. So for it to be a 7.1 from me, it's probably higher up on people's scales who actually enjoy sours. So I would definitely recommend this. Uh, I got it at Max Beverage. Like I usually get all my beers for LOTL. So shout out to Max. Um, and yeah, uh, Platform is one of our favorite Um breweries in cleveland i would say it's probably oh boy it's definitely i would say in the top three in cleveland as far as like size and notoriety i goes. think you would have to definitely say that great lakes is the og that's that's mm-hmm. that's the one that every i mean you could go at, you could pretty much go anywhere in the country and talk to somebody that drinks beer and mention great lakes and they'll know what it is yeah um but platform and market garden are like right there yeah, they really are. So, I mean, the, the scale that Platform and the, the breadth of what Platform puts out is pretty much second to none uh, among microbreweries in the area. Platform's main location, of course, is at 4125 Lorraine Avenue, Cleveland, Ohio. They also have the, um, I can't even remember the name of it, the one in Detroit, um, Clark Fulton that you just you mentioned earlier. Funkinship. The Funkinship, yes, um, which is a little ways further south, just south of I-90. So get on out to either one of those two locations. It's uh, they probably got the patio and everything going tonight. It's a beautiful night here in Cleveland. It was uh, certainly a scorcher today, and um, 
Well, this weekend, aside from a random weekend in April, like the 23rd, 24th, we had some days where we were up in the 80s. Aside from that, uh, this weekend is really like the first beach weather we've had here in Cleveland. And appropriately it for was tonight. It's hot today. It's still hot outside right now. It's 8.30 at night. Yeah. It's we're, still probably we're, 85 We're still in there. the mid-80s right now. Yeah. yeah. Man, it is warm. It was, it was hot yesterday, too. It stays, it stays light out till late now, you know? Yeah. So, it, you know, it takes a long while for the heat to go away. Absolutely. I mean, tomorrow we're into June. It's, how amazing is that? We are in – tomorrow we are in the sixth month of 2022. Yes, it's, we are. Years flown by. You know, today marks 100 days until the NFL season. Oh, no kidding. Crazy. I mean, we're going to be yeah, playing – Yeah, that makes sense because it'll be around September 10th-ish. We'll be playing NFL football before you know it. I mean, we'll in, training uh, camp training camp's starting in about seven weeks. We'll be in, uh, in fact, uh, one. I was at a Memorial Day cookout on Sunday, and one of the, this is on Melgrave Avenue in the Camps Corners neighborhood, and um, one of the driveways across the street had one of those, you know, buses that was decked out in the Browns colors. Oh, basically nice. Basically Browns party bus. Very nice. I'm wondering if those people are going to be heading to Charlotte uh, first yeah, week of the season. could be. I mean, that, uh, you it's know. not a terribly long drive. No, and it's. Nine hours, maybe? I'm trying to think of the other Browns road trips. I mean, Miami's probably too far for a road trip. Yeah, unless you want to spend like most of the week down there. Yeah, um, but that's—I mean—that's probably the other one. The other thing about uh, playing Carolina in Carolina Week One. Atlanta. Uh, you play at Atlanta? Is it at Atlanta or they, or the, do they come here? I can't remember. Not sure. Tampa comes here. I know. Tampa comes I, here. I think New Orleans does too. Okay, so yeah, go. it would be Atlanta. So you do have Atlanta's some drivable uh, trips yeah. in the South this year. Man, I'll tell you what though, uh, uh, Carolina in middle of September, that's gonna be like a hundred degrees. Break out the shorts and the water bottles. That's gonna be oh. a scorcher, big oh. time. <laughs> um, getting back to what you just said, you, you're talking about being uh, real quick. I want to want to get into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talked about being at a Memorial Day uh, barbecue or cookout or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is Memorial Day the biggest grill-out day of the year or that weekend? I think it is, and the reason why— I'm thinking why, either that or Fourth of July. It, the two are uh, very close to one another in this respect, but I think the Memorial Day is slightly bigger because it's, as we just pointed out, it's it's just after the time where the, the weather flips from cold to hot. People have been inside for much of the—you know, some of your more intrepid folks are outside more in the springtime, but, you know, it's it's— to say that the spring weather here is flaky doesn't quite say it. Uh, so you really, for a lot of people, this is their first shot to really spend a lot of time yeah, outside. Yeah, it's, it's the kickoff. And so you have a lot of people that are up for it. They're they're ready to go, blah, blah, I feel like Independence Day, you might have more people that are out of town on vacation. You might have yeah. just more competing things going on. And usually you know, Memorial Day is not like— Like school's still in it's session not now like for most. scorching hot. Usually. Not, I mean, we've had some years where it's been like you know, still kind of chilly and it's it was, rain. Yeah, and, it was very warm so, yesterday. We were, so, we were in the mid eighties yesterday. So but yesterday was warm. But you're right; that's not an every year occurrence. Yeah, you know, unlike Independence Day, where it is usually just a scorcher no matter yeah. what. But I think I think like Memorial Day, it's just like it's the kickoff mm-hmm. for like good weather. Everybody's like it's it's all like everybody's in unison. Like okay, we're gonna be outside no matter what. Let's fire up the grill, you know. It, it, there's more of that like Fourth of July also has that yeah because you know it's it's the Fourth of July it's fireworks it's all that everybody's outside but it, Memorial Day is like the first opportunity to be like hey you know let's break out the yard games let's you know throw some meat on the grill and 
get out the cornhole and the hillbilly golf and you know, yep. all the can jam. You know, we got the bratwurst and the the, the grilled burgers. chicken and the burgers. Yeah. Yep. And anecdotally, like I did good business on you know driving the lift car this past weekend, but it wasn't like super crazy busy like you might expect. Mm. And I, I think part of that is is that a lot of people are staying home mm. as opposed to going out. Which is not to say that you know Sunday night actually was a really big party night, but the remainder of the weekend really wasn't. Oh, so well, I just got a notification on my phone that uh, my credit score improved. That's good. That's that's a good way to end the day. Gotta go to freecreditreport.com. <laughs> uh, I I don't know why that. I, it's literally my phone was in my hand and I got I got an Experian alert. <laughs> Offer applies with enrollment and triple advantage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So anyway, uh, enough stalling. Um, let's let's get into it. Let's uh, let's let's get another B can in, in the in the can. How about that? Okay. So this should be a layup. So it's a super hot day. Like Would that be today. a finger roll. Uh, this could be a finger roll, possibly, ah. yes. Uh, so it's a super hot day like this in Cleveland. It's like 90 degrees. You can pick anywhere in the Cleveland city limits to go. Where are you going? Edgewater. Yes. Oh, yeah. We are talking about Edgewater well, neighborhood tonight. Uh, is, but I want to hear the well first. So is is um, is Whiskey Island technically Edgewater? So the Edgewater Park. neighborhood itself, so the area that is considered Edgewater Beach yeah. is divided between the Detroit Shoreway neighborhood and the Edgewater neighborhood, Okay, technically. Okay, so you're talking uh, about the actual neighborhood. So I believe Whiskey Island and, and uh, Wendy Park, which you just mentioned, is part of Detroit Shoreway, actually. Okay, okay. But we haven't explicitly mentioned it up to this point, so we are going to cover all of that lakefront area, as well as the neighborhood, which lies directly to the south and southwest of Edgewater Beach. Mm. Uh, if you look at the neighborhood, geographically speaking, it pretty much, the the red line pretty much uh, demarcates the south end of this neighborhood. Ah, the line of demarcation. Mm-hmm. The west 117th Street, which borders Lakewood, uh, is its western boundary. Nor- Lake Erie is its northern boundary. And in the east, it goes out toward about West 80th Street, roughly, which is, again, right along the the boundary of where Edgewater, the beach section of Edgewater actually is. And, again, the biggest attraction point is Edgewater Beach. It is the uh, most well-known and perhaps the only real beach of consequence in Cuyahoga County because the unfortunate thing is, even though our land is not, like, super hilly here, mm-hmm. the way— Cleveland and the surrounding areas like Lakewood and you know, if you go out a little further like toward Collinwood, it's all kind of on a plateau. And then it like kind of drops into the into the lakes sort of steeply, particularly along on the west side by Lakewood, Rocky River, and Bay Village. And it's kind of unfortunate because like can you imagine a place like Lakewood if they had a beach? Oh well, I mean are they really that lazy that they can't, they can't go over to Edgewater? Well, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I guess. But, like, if, if you had, like, a connected, complete beach, like, through Lakewood, Rocky River, I mean, it would probably eat, make some of the mystique of Edgewater kind of disappear, I suppose. But, like, yeah. But, but be that as it may, Edgewater Beach is, again, it stretches for a long way, all the way from Whiskey Island, which is, mm-hmm. you know, roughly in terms of geography, that's over by West 45th Street. That's mm-hmm. on the border with... Uh, Ohio City, actually, all the way across to the end of the West Shoreway, which is over by West Boulevard and West 102nd Street. So you're talking about sixty very blocks, large. Yeah, you're talking about a, th- a three, three and a half mile long area yeah. all the way from there up to the other side. And 
again, you have a beach there. You have lots of running bike trails. You have tons of open space uh, for any sort of uh, summer, spring, fall activity, actually, if the weather is nice. I'll, I'll never forget. Um, <laughs> so AEW, All Elite Wrestling, uh, was last in Cleveland in end of, at the end of January for their event called Beach Break. And everybody gave AEW crap because, like, you're going to put on an event called Beach Break in Cleveland in January? It's so funny that they did that. <laughs> and AEW president Tony Khan was like, yeah, Cleveland's got one of the most beautiful beaches in the country. There of course go. we're going to go to Cleveland. And, then they and he did, said it with a straight face, too, yeah. which is great. And then they did a bunch of, uh, like, video skits of uh, of the wrestlers out, like, on the beach at, at Edgewater. At, I think it was January 29th, I think. It was right after our second big winter storm, actually, yeah. which is yeah. a heart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that was funny. Now, but but anyway, I got to give a big shout out to the Cleveland Metro Parks here because shout there out. was a, there was a time where Edgewater Beach was not all that nice, and the stereotype was is that you couldn't walk on it with bare feet because there might be you know stuff you don't want, might not want to step on there. But ever since the Cleveland Metro Parks took this place over, and this is true of pretty much anywhere in the Metro Parks, like. I could mention Seneca Golf Course, which was, like, not nice at all before the Metro Parks took it over. Now it's a, a very nice facility. Uh, Edgewater Beach, same thing. They did a lot of uh, reconstruction work. They did some work to expand the beach, uh, do some um, ecological preser preservation in the area. Mm -hmm. And it just looks gorgeous now, like, constantly. And they do – you know, the Cleveland Police Department actually does a pretty good job too because this weekend I noticed that they were intermittently closing off – entrances and exits from edgewater because they're just they were doing constant monitoring of okay there's no more parking in this area we're not letting anybody else in um i i don't know if they've done that in years past but uh, maybe with the pandemic the last few years they didn't need to but uh yeah. you know oh can i say something by the way can i get this off my chest yeah so memorial day weekend you know how like how we said one of the biggest you know, outdoor weekends of the year, grilling, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's also one of the busiest weekends of the year for uh, Edgewater Beach. And there were pictures posted on social media of uh, part, some of the grassy areas at uh, Edgewater over by the beach house of just trash everywhere. Not cool. Trash. And let me tell you something. If that's you, you're trash, you're an asshole, you should never be allowed back at... at, at I, there's no way to govern this, but you should never be allowed back at Edgewater Beach ever. Ever. I'm talking about stuff that's not even in garbage bags. Hmm. Like, just crap strewn out all over. Yeah, that's the unfortunate thing. Garbage. You, know, you have to really police yourselves in these situations. I mean... It, and I don't want to hear the excuse that, that the garbage cans were full. If you know you're going to Edgewater Beach or Edgewater, the grassy areas or anything like that, and you're having a cookout, a picnic, whatever... Bring an effing garbage bag. I mean, yeah, are you really? serious? And at the very least, fill up your garbage bag, tie it off, and set it next to one of the garbage uh, cans. <laughs> one of the one of the you know uh, Metro Parks employees will come and uh, and pick it up. Don't just leave crap strewn out along the along the grass. I mean, that's unacceptable. Yeah, totally unacceptable. Well, I'll tell you what's not trash, and that is the well. Before I get to that. You know, we talk about main corridors in some of these neighborhoods, and Edgewater is an almost entirely residential neighborhood, so actually the main corridor has very few businesses on it, but at each end of the neighborhood there are very prominent businesses that I'll point out in a minute. Um, 
the main corridor is along Clifton Boulevard, which pretty much ends right when the West Shoreway ends and goes out to the border with Lakewood. This is also U.S. Route 6 mm-hmm. and Route 20. And in this area, you have some of the nicest houses you'll find in all of Cleveland. You have literally, oh, yeah. you know, half million dollar and above properties. And if you're running along the lakeshore, some of them run close to a million. I would say the way that the housing market is right now, uh, if you can find a house on Clifton Boulevard, especially one that's on the lakeside of Clifton Boulevard for half a million dollars, uh, I don't care if you don't have the money. Just buy it because <laughs> the way you almost housing- just have to – I mean, if you've got the free capital, just buy it as an investment. Yeah, exactly. anything else. I mean, I had one – Lyft rider from Independence tell me that the housing was actually about the bus this weekend, but I I don't know how much stock to put in that. So, hmm. um, some assets have really hit, taken a tank the last few months, but real estate certainly hasn't. That's for sure. Anyway, so when you first come up the hill and you are just getting off the West Shoreway, there is a place called Don's Lighthouse Grill, and I think this is one of the premier fine dining experiences in all of Cleveland. Like mm-hmm. it's up there with surf and turf. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's really their thing, and they're literally from the website, offering classic and contemporary dining options including fresh seafood, certified Angus beef, steaks, signature salads, pastas, and more. Sourcing only the freshest seafood and meats, we prepare our dishes with the care and attention you should expect. And it's, just, I mean, it is pricey. This is this is not a place that you're going to be able to go every week. But, uh, I mean, outside of downtown and maybe Tremont, you know, in terms of and unless you're going to be way out in the suburbs, if you're looking for fine dining, this is about as good as it gets. 4.8 star rated on Google. Uh, I I actually went here. This was like the year before my grandmother passed, and mm. it was the last time I was there, and it was absolutely phenomenal. 8905 Lake Avenue, Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Don's Lighthouse Grill. That's really one to savor there. What's your... <laughs> What's your go-to order at a uh, steak and seafood place? You know, I mean, the the one you think of is, like, steak and lobster. I'm not a big lobster guy. So, like, if I go to a place where the shrimp is outstandingly good, I'll get steak and shrimp usually. What kind of steak? Uh, My favorite steak is, well, I don't know. My favorite steak is a porterhouse, but I don't know if I can even eat that in one sitting so so more often than not i'll end up getting the filet yeah if i'm really going big i go porterhouse though yeah i gotta go bone in ribeye that's the best that's a ren's favorite yeah it's the best the uh the spinalis the cap on the top of the steak oh i could talk about that for talk i could talk about barbecue and steaks and all that stuff for 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 uh a while absolutely i remember back shout out by the way uh brett hoyer uh sent me some pictures uh this morning of uh, his uh, uh, barbecue and smoking conquest from this weekend. He smoked a brisket. looked like he smoked a pork shoulder. It all looked. Or pork butt, it just, which is a pork shoulder. It looked absolutely phenomenal. So shout out to Brett on that. R.I.P. that cow and that pig. Boy, it was tasty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looked that way. So as you get over to the west side, the west end of the neighborhood on the border with Lakewood, this is where, you know, more or less main commercial corridor is along West 117th. Mm. It's mostly chains out there with the, you know, there's a few exceptions. Uh, El Jalapeno's Mexican restaurant is one that's a a local establishment. They're pretty decent. Uh, One place I do want to point out, actually Remix Ice Cream and Cereal Bar is actually kind of a unique place. This is off of West 116th and Clifton. 
Um, that's a place that, does, interestingly enough, does business during the morning and also at night. They're hmm. they're open late, like from people coming back from the bars and stuff, hmm. um, which I thought was interesting. And then just across the street, kitty corner to that is Twist Social Club, which is a major hangout spot, particularly for Cleveland's gay and lesbian community. Uh, neighborhood bar and nightclub f- focusing on serving that community of Greater Cleveland. Robust entertainment schedule, including monthly theme parties and Cleveland Fest DJs. In addition, each day of the week has its own unique activity or theme from Trivia Tuesday to karaoke or free play on the video jukebox. I mean, they, ha- they have to, uh, every night, uh, either start or end the night by playing uh, uh, Twist by Chubby Checker. They have to. Oh, you would figure they'd have to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's their thing, I would think. But... Uh, yeah, eleven six thirty three Clifton Boulevard, Cleveland, Ohio. Twist right on the border with Lakewood. Twist Social Club. Uh, really fascinating spot to check out. Uh, I'd be remiss if I did not mention Terrestrial Brewing Company mm. uh, in the Edgewater uh, neighborhood. Uh, it's one of my favorite uh, breweries in the city. Great patio. They used to be. They used to partner with La Plaza Taqueria. And uh, they used to have a food stand in there from La Plaza. They've since hired, uh, I believe, a, an executive chef, and they actually are expanding their brewery uh, in the same building. They're, they're taking over one of the restaurant spaces that, that is uh, vacant right now. And I think they're going to uh, not only be a brewery but be a uh, like full-service restaurant uh, coming up. So pretty excited for that. And, uh, yeah, Terrestrial. Well, Terrestrial is – Technically, quote unquote, in Detroit Shoreway is right, literally on the other side of the shoreway from. Well, they're the, going to get two shots from the then. east side of, of Edgewater Beach, and they are in literally the perfect location. They're right across Battery the street Park. from Battery Park Lofts and the Edison. And on one side, you have the entrance to the shoreway. On the other side, you have the little walking trail that goes underneath the shoreway right down to Edgewater. Yep. So people can walk literally right it up. Goes there right to the to, beach house to, to terrestrial. Perfect, perfect location. Yeah, really good stuff. They yeah. they do they do good work there. Yeah, seventy five twenty four Father Frescati Boulevard in Cleveland, Ohio. Almost like the uh, almost that's almost like the the like West Side Little Italy. Oh yeah, yeah. I like I love the name of the street. That's yeah. There's a, a lot of uh, a lot of Italians live in that in that area. Detroit Shoreway that that sort of that sort of stretch. Il Rione Pizzeria, not too oh, far away from there. It's the goat. Yep. It is the goat. So. So, that is Edgewater. That is, this is your summertime hangout spot to just kick back, relax, and have a great time. That is great fun. spot to take your dog uh, if you want to just walk around, not just the beach, but uh, if you just want to walk around Edgewater. I know I, I, I do it. A lot of times on Saturday mornings, uh, if the weather's nice, I'll grab a coffee and then just go to one of the tables on the upper part of Edgewater and just kind of look over the the lake and the and the skyline. Um, right yeah. by the Cleveland sign up there, right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So what number is this? So that's number seventeen. And you can our, put that on the on board. The board. Yes. yes. All right. So that is Edgewater Beach and Neighborhood. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, I wanted to get into the Cleveland Guardians tonight. Okay. Because, to be honest with you, we really haven't talked very much about the Cleveland Guardians. Not since opening week, really, no. 
Specifically right now, I want to talk about Jose Ramirez. Uh, Jose, 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 Jose. Jose Ramirez is on pace for 185 RBIs. Oh, by the way, Guardians leading 8-3 to three over the Royals right saw now. That. Bottom of the eighth. Saw that. I saw uh, uh, the uh, the offensive mammoth Austin Hedges hit a three-run homer, batting a mean 156. That great offensive force. Well, he busted out tonight. Yeah. So, uh, specifically, I wanted to talk uh, right now about Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez batting 297, 13 home runs, and 51 RBIs. Uh, mind you, we are only two months into the season. Actually, less than that because of the nah, yeah, not because, of the, because of the uh, lockout. So we're actually about only about six weeks into the season. He's played in forty-four games. He has fifty-one RBIs. That's a lot of RBIs. What's the uh, What's the MLB record for RBIs? Is it like one ninety-three, one hundred ninety? I I think. Has any Hack Wilson held the record for a really long time? Did anybody break that recently? I. I don't know, I'm but not up with it, Jose Ramirez right now is projected for 188 RBI. 188. And mind you, the lineup that he plays in stinks. Not very good. Well, let's let's qualify that. The Guardians are an offense where if they're either scoring double-digit runs or they're not scoring at all, which for the most part. True. Which is... Very bizarre. So, really, in Jose's case, when he gets opportunities, it's like, oh, he's got to take advantage because it could go three, four days before he like even gets a runner on base when he's up. This is true. <laughs> but here's like, like, like Miles Straw is batting two thirty one. Stephen Kwan two forty. Remember when he was on fire to start the year? I don't think he's gotten a hit in a month. Yeah, Kwan mania has definitely passed. Uh, Med Rosario two thirty six. Ernie Clement two twenty nine. Uh, Andres Jimenez is batting 296. He's been really good this year. Uh, Owen Miller, 279. He's been very good this year. Uh, Oscar Mercado, he's south of the Mason-Dixon line. Austin Hedges, he's way below the Mason-Dixon line. So it's remarkable. And the other guy that, you know, there were two guys in this lineup that we were predicting that would mash. And that was Jose and Framil Reyes. Framil Reyes is batting 200, and he's on the injured list. Not ideal. He's having a rough, rough start to the season. So, it's, it's, it's incredible that Jose Ramirez is batting 300, has 13. You know, he's on pace for like 47 home runs and 188 RBIs. That would be one of the greatest seasons in MLB history if he, yeah. if he ends up with those numbers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. I wonder what I wonder what his MVP odds are right now. If he finishes with that, I mean, the, oh, he's winning the MVP. Or, or if he finishes that, with that, even if the Guardians finish below five hundred, they'll make the playoffs. Well, how many t- how many times has Mike Trout won the MVP with the Angels, and they've sucked? You, you are right about one thing. MLB doesn't seem to value winning nearly uh, as the much MLB when it comes sucks. to and the MVP. You know, in in other sports, it's like you. NFL especially, but also the NBA. I mean, the NBA was a little bit of a weird case this year because they gave it to a guy whose team only made the first round of the playoffs. Usually it's not that case. Mm. You know, you got to be really good usually. Uh, in MLB, though, yeah, you could have a statistically out-of-this-world kind of a season and you could snipe the MVP because, like, even back in the day, Alex Rodriguez was winning MVPs when he was playing with Texas, and Texas wasn't very good. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, here's... 
something that I wanted to touch on that I, I actually thought was is shocking is is how inconsistent our starting pitching has been this year. Almost as inconsistent as the offense when you yeah. think about it. And if you go right down, I mean, assuming we go on to win tonight, we're 21 and 24. I mean, that's pretty much indicative of the record that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bieber is starting to come out of it. He's starting to pitch better. Uh, his ERA is down to 319. That's that's where you want to see him. Tristan McKenzie's been the one guy in the starting rotation that's been just flat-out awesome this year. His ERA is at 265. Uh, but Zach Plesak's got an ERA of 5. Uh, Cal Quantrill is right around 4, which which is pretty good for him. But uh, the, the biggest shocker this year, I think, is Aaron Savali. He's got an ERA of 8. That's very, very disappointing. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah, it frankly. is. Um, so the pitching staff has not been as good. That's a sort of ERA that if you still have in, like, June, you're looking at being designated for assignment. Yeah. Well, I think he's going onto the injured list, too. There might be something wrong with him. There's got to be something wrong with him. Hmm. I mean, he's – you know, Aaron Savali's not a top-end top, top end ro- rotation guy, but, you know, he's he's been pretty dang good for us since he's come up a couple years ago. Um, so to see him at an 8 ERA two months hey. in the season – Yeah, 8. You heard me right. Eight. It's 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 surprising. It's really surprising, to be honest with you. But, like I just said, the offense has been inconsistent and the pitching has been inconsistent. And what does that give you? That gives you usually a 500 record. More so, or less. And that's right around where the where the Guardians are. Is wow. They're at 21-24. Uh, there, there is one dynamic that I'm, I'm going to look at here. When you look at their record, so they're headed for victory tonight, so they're going to be 21-24. It means they'd be ten and eight at home to eleven and sixteen on the road. Uh, they've played considerably more games on the road up to this point. But if I look across all of baseball, I'm just looking at the American League here. I haven't looked at the NL, but every team in the American League has played at least two more or three more games than the Guardians, and some teams have played six and seven more. So what that tells you is that a lot of the Guardians' home games have been getting rained out. And yes. that's that's not unusual here in April and May, but what it's going to mean is that they're not going to have many off days come July and August. They're going to have to play double headers on some of these days. You know, it'll, it remains to be seen if that. I mean, if they're if the Guardians are playing well when we hit that phase of the season, then it might end up being a positive. But you know, in the end, you know, could fatigue end up being an issue for some of these guys, particularly if we have a lot of guys on the injured list come that point in the season. You know, that'll be something to watch as we come down the road. But I believe you're about to ask how many games out of first are they? Yeah, I think about six or seven. So the White Sox, who pretty much everybody expected to be the best team in the division this year, they got hit hugely hard by the injury bug at the start of the season. They're only 23 and 23. They're only two games ahead of the Guardians entering play today. Minnesota is outperforming where pretty much everybody thought they'd be. They're 30 and 20. They are seven games up on the Guardians right now. But given that that's the team that the Guardians are chasing right now, does that get, make you feel a little bit better that you know maybe they may not be all that? Yeah, I mean they they very very well very easily could come back to earth uh, at any point. I mean they're a talent they're they're a decently talented team. Um, like they hugely underachieved last year, so I'm not saying that they're they're scrubs, but like I don't think Minnesota is going to be a team that just runs away and hides. There's not a power team in the AL Central. The the division's no. pretty bad, honestly. The closest would be would be the the White Sox, but they they lack pitching. Their lineup is very good, but they lack pitching. Yeah, the Royals and the Tigers are both way out of it already. Eleven and twelve and a half games back, respectively. Uh, 
Yeah, you're just you, all the power teams in in the AL are in the East or the West. You you got the the Astros are 31 and 18. The Yankees are 33 and 15. Uh, the Rays are 28 and 20. The Blue Jays have actually been coming on strong of late. They're now 27 and 20. Um, all these teams have similar or better records than the Twins. So, you know, the, the big you're not get the point is is you're not getting the wild card out of the Central. Pretty much, no. it's it's a, it's a division championship or, or nothing. Unless unless you know a team like the White Sox or the Guardians just get really hot, and you the know, Twins stay up if as you, well. If you look at Terry Francona historically, his teams are always second half teams. So yeah, I think true. If, I think if the Guardians can hang around five hundred, maybe you know go on a little bit run, bef- a little bit of a run before the All Star break, and maybe a couple games above five hundred, I think that they we could be in for a late summer charge uh, with the uh, with the Guardians, but. They're relying on a lot of kids to develop quickly once they get to the major league level. So we'll see. You know, I I, I more so think we're going to have a lot of this inconsistency the whole season. So hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully they can catch fire like they have before, Um, you know, and we'll see. But right now they're seven games down. I would say if they're still seven games or less down at the trade deadline, then it's game on. Yeah, the only thing if that I worry further about, down, then it's probably not going to happen. The only thing that I worry about, about you know, you mentioned the trade deadline, is the Indians, you know, having a shot to be right there, and then just not doing anything in the trade deadline, or worse, selling. Yeah, I don't. Uh, what can they sell? I don't know if they would. I mean, Shane Bieber. I, I mean, mean, maybe I, they're not going to sell Jose. They just signed him that long term no, contract. They're not going. I don't think they would sell Framil Reyes either. No, he's cheap for the next like four years. Yeah. So there's really nothing to sell. But, you know, who knows? If if there's something to sell, they'll figure out a way to do it. So in your opinion right now, I know I've asked this question before, who's who's in a better situation right now? The Guardians or the Cavaliers? Poof. They the two teams seem to be on pretty similar trajectories right now, when you think about it. Yeah. Here's my here's the the interesting thing about the those two situations. The Cavs have an owner that will spend willingly. The problem is is even if you overpay, you have a really hard time getting free agents to come to Cleveland. True. I think it's easier to get I think it's easier to get free agents to go to any baseball market in baseball. The problem is we don't we have owners that won't spend. And yeah, and true. And, and don't start with me with the Jose Ramirez thing because they uh, if they pay, if they if, if if he wanted true market value, he would have been gone. He'd be on another team right now. Yeah. So Jose's the reason why he's in he's in Cleveland, not not the Dolans or the ownership. Uh, there's my there's my subtle. He likes Sedgewater Beach too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Hmm. Boy. So as I had mentioned previously, I the, think the. Uh, I don't know if you're ready to segue out of this topic or not. I have. A I actually think it's the Cavaliers. Ah, okay. What do you think? Well, I think it's the Cavaliers too, just because yeah. I think their their young pieces are, I feel like, more developed, more polished at this stage, and have at least as much of upside, if not more, than some of the, the younger players on the Guardians. I feel like the Guardians still have some veteran presence, which is a little bit, you know. Um, assuring in, in there that's a check box on their side of the ledger but 
I mean, when you look at the guys that you only need a few guys to really have a good court in to to win in basketball. And you've already got Evan Mobley, you've already got Darius Garland, you've already got Jared Allen, you've already, you know, Colin Sexton didn't play at all last year. You know, he's going to come back. What might he add to the situation? You know, and and even like when the Cavs traded for Laurie Markkinen, I was not a fan of that trade at all. No, I almost lost and my mind on this podcast. I was so upset when we traded Larry Nance Jr. That looks like a move that's starting to, like, it could really pan out and really produce dividends. I mean, my gosh, Markkinen almost single-handedly won us that play-in game the way he was playing yeah. at, that yeah, night. that's true. So, yeah, I got to go with Cavs as well. Yeah, I think so. So, uh, yeah, uh, the Indian, sorry, Guardians. <clears throat> Mm. Sorry. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the Guardians, it's going to be interesting because I feel like they're going to be teetering the whole first half of, hey, it's a young team trying to figure out how to play, how to win. They're exciting, but they lose a lot of close games. Or are they going to be a team that <laughs> – They haven't played many close games. Well, that's true. Just <laughs> well, lose, well they've played a few, I guess. Um, or are they going to be a young team that, that – essentially doesn't know what pressure is and you know Tito Francona plays that us against the world mentality where nobody believes in them and they go on a second half run I mean who knows it's going to be interesting um so see what happens but uh but yeah Mm -hmm. go guards so I mentioned the Yankees earlier 33 and 15 uh so, in, in fact, the L.A. Dodgers are tied with the Yankees right now, the top record in baseball, 33-15. and 15. Friggin' uh, Mets are right there, too. Uh, yeah, so, and, and God, you mentioned them because uh, we're going to segue into a topic we discussed this afternoon. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is somewhat uh, because of the matchup we have in the NBA Finals this year as well. What gross. is your most gross, terrible NBA Finals, World Series, Stanley yeah. Cup Finals, what's your champion- Super Bowl matchup. What's your championship matchup that, that happens that you're just like, oh, I, I can't root for either team and I'm just not going to watch championship it? Championship matchup from hell, basically. So I think uh, we can just start off with the NBA because that's what that's what kind of brought this on. I mean, yep. I, I don't know if there's a worse matchup than we're going to get. I'm sitting here actually considering rooting for the Warriors. I'm not just considering it. I am. As insane as that sounds. Now, I will give my only reason why I'm not going to actively root for the Warriors. If they win that championship, they win their, that that trio wins their fourth as a trio. Fourth NBA championship. And they equal LeBron for NBA championships. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know why that, that should be a rallying point for me. I just, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. But it just goes back to the fact that I hate them. We played them four straight years in the finals. LeBron's championships are still more impressive. He did it with three different teams. This is true. This is very and true. one of them was over a 73-win team in the regular season. This is season. very true. And two of those Warriors championships are when they had Kevin Durant. Yeah. But, yeah, I I, I got to pull for the, for Golden State in this series just because I, I, yeah. just, I just don't like any teams from Boston. I mean, you they, you, they, you talk they, about pulling. It's like pulling teeth. They win, they win so much, and their their fans are just so freaking arrogant, and their people are so freaking arrogant out that part of the country too. I, you know, I Maybe I'm overgeneralizing, but, like, I mean, even in the business world, whenever I've had to deal with, you know, subsidiaries of companies in Boston, it's just been like, 
Yeah. Oh my goodness gracious. It's that East Coast, man. Yeah. You get that a lot in New, in, they, in New York they City. They want too. everything. They want it right now, and they want it to be perfect. And if any little thing is wrong, then you hear every every six ways to Sunday about how you know how you stink or your company stinks. It's just like, oh yeah. my goodness. But yeah, be that as it may, I mean, the only championship matchup I can think of that's worse in the NBA is Celtics Lakers. Mm. Um, I yeah. mean, that's the two you know bluest of the blue bloods of the NBA. Yeah. Um, you know, and maybe I'm I mean, salty only... on this because the last time the Cavaliers were really well at the end of the LeBron 1.0 era, it, Boston and LA were both good, and they actually matched up one of the years. And I feel like the Cavaliers should have been in there. So, hmm. yeah, I, that kind of stinks. But I mean, Lakers versus Warriors, like, meh. either one of them, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I pretty much agree with you. I mean, the only the only thing that would that would ma- give me intrigue to a Lakers Celtics finals is just like the historical significance of it. That's mm-hmm. that's that's it. But I mean, yeah, I I can I can do without that. Uh, going back to baseball, I I know mine right away. Actually, I mentioned the Dodgers earlier, but they they just barely finished outside my uh, hell matchup. My hell matchup actually happened in real life in 2000, and that's the Subway Series between the <laughs> Yankees and the Mets. <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't have the time of day for either one of those teams. I hate the Yankees. and The Met, the Mets are actually funny because some years they're just completely inept, and it's hilarious to watch them. But this year, they're 33-17. and 17. They look like they may actually have a shot at doing something this year. So, yeah, um, yeah I just – I mean, like, again, multi-team markets kind of annoy me to begin with, so to have two – in the finals facing each other just sucks. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, AL would be the Red Sox. Okay. I hate them. And you might Michael be. Michael Stefano is loving that take. <laughs> Your jaw might hit the floor on this one. Hold on. Okay. I think I might know who you're going to say. Don't spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. The Marlins. Yes, that's who I was thinking. Yeah. Not only because I believe they're a completely worthless franchise, but also um, I I will go back to 1997, and I will hate that franchise for the rest of my days. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so those of you that weren't around in 2016. And it's, and it's, not, even their, it's not even their fault. It's our fault. We, we blew that game. Yeah, we did. But I... I mean, you're going back to where I'm a 10-year-old kid, and, you know, in 97, there was no football. No, there was not. And the Cavaliers in 97 were not very good. The Cavaliers all. were all right, but they yeah. weren't great. But I wasn't really into my basketball fandom yet. But it was baseball. I mean, baseball is the first sport that I loved when I was little, when growing up. And, you know, when, when you were when you we were the, you had the Indians bedroom at the time. Yeah. I mean, when you were born when we were and you were growing into your sports fandom when we were in the mid 90s, Indians were the best team in baseball. Yeah. For a lot of that period, they were. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that 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 90s Indians team, that decade is probably the greatest decade of baseball to not win a championship. Oh, you could certainly make that case. Yeah. Because you're going from 94, yeah, 91, 92, 94, they we were stunk. wiped out by the strike. 94 was all the way to 2000. One of the best 
teams maybe in baseball history and unfortunately came up against one of the best pitching staffs ever assembled. Yeah. 96, they had a playoff flame out against the Orioles. 97, honestly, was probably the weakest team they had between 94 yeah. and 2001. They upset the Yankees in round one and then pulled off a big upset taking out the Orioles that were the number one seed in, yeah. the, in the ALCS. Yeah. And the same sort of anarchy was happening on the National League side where the Marlins, who were the wild card team, uh, took out two teams and took out Atlanta in the NLCS. And what a World Series that ended up being. That that series, no, uh, neither team won back-to-back games in that World Series. It was alternating wins Yeah, the entire series. Marlins won all the odd games. That's why they won the World Series. There was Game five of that series was tied 7-7 going mm-hmm. into the ninth inning. The Marlins put seven runs on the board in the top half of the ninth. The Indians had four on the board in the bottom and had the tying run at home plate when when the game ended. Yeah. Like you talk about a total who done it kind of a game. And then ratcheting up the drama even more, the the Indians pound the Marlins ace Kevin Brown in game six and, and yeah. you know, sets up game seven. Which ended up going into extra innings, and the Indians had a 2-1 lead going into the ninth, but we all know yeah. how that happened. So, again, if you weren't alive, like if you're younger and you weren't alive in 1997, 2016 was a very similar script. Yeah. You know, the only difference being that the Indians were ahead three games to one after four games and not tied two to two. Yeah, so. absolutely. All right. Super Bowl. Okay. Super Bowl. Well, I think okay, so I think we can go ahead and guess what the, one of my teams is. Yeah, uh, I would be very well. You know what? Hold on, you you've been a little more wishy washy actually on this. Ooh. Of late. I'm still gonna think it's Pittsburgh Ooh. on the AFC side. All right, well, give me yours first. Mine. Okay, so I've got three. Like my three most hated teams are all in the AFC. Oh, so so I that. so I have a, a problem on this one. <laughs> um. So yeah, I'm. Oh please, but you're, I'm gonna be, you're a pseudo Eagles fan. You gotta have some in the N- in the NFC. There's probably two or three teams in the NFC East you can throw in there. So I'll just say, I'm gonna go with Baltimore. Okay. In the AFC. Yeah. Not shocking. Not a bad choice and either. I really want to go. I mean, yeah, I guess I'm gonna go with Dallas in the NFC. But like, I it's. I certainly don't dislike them as much as I do Baltimore, Pittsburgh, or New England. Like, all three of those teams are just odious to me. <laughs> um, and Dallas would be definitely fourth fiddle behind them, but sorry. They're they're, is, the, they're top fiddle in the NFC, so I'm going is with it, them. Is it because uh, the Dallas Cowboys have won one playoff game in the last 25 years that, that you don't really— Well, the only other team I could go with is the Commanders. Just the Commandos. Because, just because their owner is just a total dick. <laughs> and they 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 are completely and totally inept. But like D I C K. So, I, yeah. But I guess I'll go with Dallas just because Jerry Jones is also a huge a hole. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Hashtag a hole. So yeah, Baltimore and Dallas would be my nadir. All right. Well, we agree on one. And you were correct on the other one. It's the Steelers and the Cowboys for me. Okay. Yeah, so uh, that's a matchup that's happened several times uh, over the course of history. Yeah. Cowboys are annoying, and the Steelers are the Steelers. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so that's easy to me for me. All right. I, I, I really couldn't find I, – I actually do agree with your sentiment. I, I It's hard for me to find a team in the NFC that I, like, truly hate. I don't really hate – Browns don't play them all that often, so no. it's, you know. I don't, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, and I don't even really hate the Cowboys. They're just annoying because all their fans and all the, oh, America's team, oh, 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 and that's all they talk about in the NFL on their uh, uh, on their talk shows. So, and then Pittsburgh's just Pittsburgh. Cowboys fans were notoriously rated number two most annoying entity in sports by Stephen A. Smith, and he rated himself oh. number one. <laughs> so. That's that's good. I love the self-deprecation and the humility. There. <laughs> He's like, yeah, let me go with the obvious one at number two, and then let me throw you a curveball. Also included in that top five were Antonio Brown and, and the New York Knicks. Oh. <laughs> and he's a Knicks fan, too. He oh, said, hates them because they the suck The New York all the time. Knicks, why? Because they stink. That's why. Not just this year, not just last year, not just the year before, but the decade before and the decade before that. My God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, here's an interesting one. NHL. Stanley Cup. Go ahead. Hmm. So the NHL is is interesting because we don't have a team in the NHL. So no. I mean, we ad- know, it, we adopt the Blue Jackets, but it's not something that we're like extremely passionate about. It sort of comes, yeah. It sort of comes down to you know, it's sometimes parochial things or, or you know inside jokes and stuff. But yeah. um, for me, if I'm going to do the NHL. I'm gonna go. Let's see here. So it's that's East West. Um, I'm gonna go with the Montreal Canadiens. Oh crap! It is East West. Son of a. I had my matchup and I don't. And I'm gonna go with. Oh, oh, he's going back to the phone. He, he I kind of screwed him up. I'm gonna go with the L.A. Kings in the East, or in the West. Um, I'm going with the Canadiens because, well, I've not been there personally, but I've heard that people in Quebec are just as curmudgeonly and mean as people in boston generally speaking so um and to the point where like quebec is almost like um catalonia in spain i studied abroad in spain in 2008 and the only part of spain where if you spoke spain like in most spain you speak spanish doesn't matter if your spanish is bad or whatever people will help you people will be happy with you except in catalonia and barcelona in particular Hmm. Because they know based on your dialect that you're not from there, and they'll treat ah, you bad. Ah, so they're elitists. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I feel like Quebec is the same thing. Like if you speak French, but it's not good French, mm-hmm. they don't treat you well there either. Interesting. So for that reason, and yes, the Canadians won a whole bunch of Stanley Cups in the past. I mean, they haven't in a long time, but like they got something crazy, like twenty of them or something. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, for those reasons, I'm going with Montreal, and then I'm going with the Kings because, well. I just don't like L.A. very much, yeah. to be frank. And, you know, it was fun, it was fun when L.A. was not winning and, and the Ducks were the preeminent team in Southern California. But then the, then the Kings started winning Stanley Cups and it was, like, not cool anymore. So, yeah. yeah. So that's it for me, Montreal versus L.A. Interesting. All right. So for me, uh, you know this, going back to a long time ago, my most hated NHL team. Can you guess? Penguins. Well, yeah, I guess, but no. Oh no! This is the this is the team that started my uh, Red Wings. I refuse to root for 
Southern hockey teams. Ooh. Okay. Oh, shoot. This is a Carolina team. Hurricanes. Yes. I can't stand them. I cannot stand Because they them. ripped the Stanley Cup off a team from Canada, and yes. you didn't forgive them for that. <laughs> yes. And so before I, I remembered that we had to pick legit uh, championship matchups, things that can actually happen, I was going to go Carolina Hurricanes, Florida Panthers. Just because even though they're good this year, I think the Florida Panthers are, are worthless. So you must have been loving it when the Rangers went to the PNC Bank or the SNC Bank the SNC. Center. I don't know what and, PNC means. And just railed the Hurricanes 6-2 in Game yep. 7 the other night. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then, um, so we don't have a hockey team in Cleveland. And before we had a hockey team in Columbus, I was actually a Detroit Red Wings fan. Hmm. And who was the biggest Red Wings rival in the 90s? At the time, that would have, I believe that would have been the Colorado Avalanche. Indeed it is. So I'm going Canes versus Avalanche. Hmm. Yeah. Colorado versus Carolina. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. So that's my matchup. Two teams that, I mean, if that matchup were to actually happen. That Could happen this year. Oh, no, we can't. The Canes are out. because the Canes are out. But, yeah. but, I mean... Two teams that have very little association with each Who's other. Who's in the Eastern Conference Final? It's the Rangers and uh, shoot. Is it the Panthers uh, Rangers. or are they out? It might be. No, the Rangers just beat the Panthers. No. Oh, they beat the Canes. It was. Uh, it's Tampa. Oh, that's right. Yeah, F them too. They had the Battle of Florida in the last round, and Tampa won it resoundingly. Hmm. So, Tampa. Is Tampa's going, going for, back to back to back. They're going for the three-peat, and they, they were not as good this season they, uh, as they were the last two. They were only the third seed, but, I mean, you got to say, I mean, they They've are got the, the – like, like Ric Flair said, to know, be the man, you got to beat the man. You know, I, I, I say I, – I give this line to Mike all the time, and he always gives me that, oh, yeah, okay, uh, look. <laughs> uh, you know, some teams just have that DNA, man. When they get into a certain tournament or a certain competition, it doesn't matter what they did – in like the regular season or like their uh, their uh, domestic league, they just they just have that DNA and that that's that's what Tampa Bay is developing. I mean, once they get to the playoffs, it doesn't matter what seed they are, they're more than likely going to the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. So you know they're just nauseatingly difficult to beat and so nauseating. In fact, listen to this: Panthers in the in the four games they got swept mm. in the four games of of this round, second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs against the Lightning. The Panthers scored three goals. Oh, my God. Remember I said they're worthless? <laughs> yeah. That's Wow. None three of us, goals. None of us. So, were, when you, so if you didn't see a single second of that series. Which I didn't. Four, neither did I. Four games, they scored three goals. You know, you know for a fact they got shut out in at least one game. Yes. <laughs> and possibly multiple, although they had one goal in each of the first three games. They got shut out in game four. Wow. Wow. I mean, talk about not even giving yourself a chance. So, yeah. So that is our most hated championship matchups. Let us know what yours are. Send us a tweet or a or a DM and let us know. And uh, that'd be a pretty cool discussion to have with listeners. So, yeah, do that definitely. So, uh, I think that's gonna do it for us, actually. Yeah, we're pretty much done here. Still, not really much to talk about with the Browns. I. Uh, Deshaun Watson had there was another uh, civil suit uh, filed today, but 
I don't know. I don't like to comment on it because I, I really don't know. But from everything I've read about it so far, it, it really doesn't, like, I don't know. I heard that June 30th is somehow an important day as far as the legal proceedings go. Uh, I don't know if, like, the league is supposed to make a ruling by then or if it's... Well, so uh, supposedly both sides have agreed, that, not the NFL, I'm talking um, Deshaun Watson and uh, the plaintiffs, uh, have agreed that there will be no court proceedings between August 1st and March 1st. Okay, paving the so way paving the way for him to play uninterrupted unless the NFL decides to suspend him before any of these cases are adjudicated. And you would think that the NFL would rule on that prior to training camp. I believe so. I believe that they're going to um that they're going to come out with something. Either they're going to say you know we're not going to make a ruling until the cases are concluded or they're going to come out with a preliminary suspension and essentially try and get ahead of it and whatever. So I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. But mm. I think, like you said, I think we'll find out for training camp uh, because I think the NFL, as best they can, wants to get this behind them. Sure. They certainly don't. Like last year it was easy for them to just not do anything about it because Deshaun Watson demanded the trade and he didn't play last year. Yep. But he wants to play this year. So – Either you got to suspend him, or you got to say we're not going to do anything. So, um, that's basically where that's at. And then the Cavaliers, um, nothing's going on until at least the draft. Yeah, which is in about three, three and a half weeks, something like that. So last week in June, I believe. Yep. So I'll be on a beach in New Jersey. So oh, very nice. So anyway, uh, I think that's pretty much going to do it for us. Appreciate you guys listening, and. Uh, yeah, follow us on social media at the LOTL podcast. Uh, if you're a soccer fan and you're looking for a team to root for, at Milan Club Cleveland, or no, at Milan Club CLE, it's the official Cleveland uh, supporters club for AC Milan, my team. Serie the, A uh, champions, the 2022. Campione dell'Italia. So uh, definitely check that out on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, yeah, so. Uh, I'm Dan, that's Steven, and we will catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later. Have a good week. Bye. Bye.